strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. All right, welcome back, everybody. I'm Barry Marks, and uh, filling in for Broomhead this morning. Hope you had a great Christmas uh, and Hanukkah, of course, and heading up for the new year. Uh, we've got great, uh, not great news, but we've got a lot of news here in Arizona, a little odd for this time of year, uh, but we've got election lawsuits uh, that have now come uh, to, to an inglorious end. Both the lawsuits uh, brought by Kerry Lake and Abe Hamaday uh, were uh, finished on Friday. The courts in both cases uh, finding that they could not prove even one element of the claims uh, that they brought. Joining us Right now is Dan Barr. He's an attorney uh, for Katie Hobbs in her position as uh, governor-elect and a defendant in the Kerry Lake lawsuit, and also representing Chris Mays uh, in the lawsuit brought by Abe Hamaday. Dan, thanks for being with us on KTAR. Well, thank you for having me. So I, I wanted to bring you on, Dan. Uh, you, you've obviously been right in the middle of all this. And, and let's talk first about the, the Abe Hamaday uh, lawsuit. And, and I've been saying these suits are really couldn't be more different, right? I mean, one was the Abe Hamaday suit was mostly based on the fact that he lost by 511 votes. And, uh, it, and frankly, the first line, I've been saying this, said we're not alleging fraud or intentional wrongdoing or manipulation. Um, he was just saying there may have been ballots that were cast but not counted for various reasons, provisional ballots, things like that, right? Well, actually, he was alleging more than that. He specifically alleged in his complaint that uh, election workers had been involved in misconduct. Um, and, uh, you know, they ran away from that at trial. Yeah. But uh, their their complaint specifically alleged that. So um, it was it was something more than just the election was close. And, you know, the. the you know, state law already provides for a remedy when the election is close. It's called a recount, and that's what has been going on, and the results will be announced on Thursday. So they had to, you know, to do an election contest, they had to have more facts than simply that the election was close, and they never had any such facts. So uh, Dan Barr with us, he's an attorney in this case for uh, for Chris Mays in the Abe Hamaday case. So is it – and I was saying earlier that in Arizona, these are the only types of cases, election law cases, that have ever been brought until 2020, the kind where the race is very close and there might just be a handful of ballots that could change it. Are you saying with 511 votes there was never really any chance that Abe Hamaday could change the outcome of the election? You know, I guess it's, there, I can dream up various scenarios, but there were never any facts <laughs> right. to indicate that. Um, you know, it's one thing to say, well, maybe the machines counted them wrong, and that's that's what a recount is all about. Uh, but there was never any facts regarding illegal votes being cast, and a legal vote is, you know, somebody voting twice or somebody uh, who's a felon. There was never any evidence regarding misconduct by anyone. Uh, there was never any evidence regarding provisional ballots that should have been counted, that weren't counted. Um, it was all it was all made up fantasy. And and, you know, to have absolutely no facts and to file a lawsuit is um, frankly abhorrent. And as attorneys, uh, we all have a duty uh, when you sign your name to a complaint to state that, you know, in good faith, I believe these facts to be true. Uh, and what happened at trial is they made absolutely no effort to prove any of the allegations in their complaint. Yeah, that evidentiary hearing on Friday was amazing. It, it seemed like almost from the very beginning, uh, Hamaday's lawyer said, we don't we don't have any evidence. Uh, we, we had the opportunity to to inspect uh, 2,600 ballots in, in Maricopa County, for example. Still don't really have any evidence that could change the outcome. I mean, he seemed to concede as soon as the, the judge started the, the hearing. 
Well, and what he should have done is called the night before and right. said, we're going to voluntarily dismiss the case. Uh, but instead, uh, you know, he put everybody through the trial. And, you know, if they want to do that, I mean, state law provides that if you're going to unnecessarily delay things or do things for harassment or do things without substantial justification, then you should pay for that. There's no reason that Chris Mays should have to pay for, you know, a half dozen lawyers working late at night uh, two days before Christmas uh, because, uh, you know, the, these people don't have any facts. Yeah, and, it, uh, you know, the, in the, the, the trial just sort of turned out to be this sort of narcissistic enterprise, right? <laughs> and, uh, you know, where they said they had no facts and then they were trying to establish that, well, maybe Hamaday could have picked up six votes right. as opposed to what the county was saying was Chris Mays arguably picked up three votes. And when you're talking about 2.5 million voters in Arizona, I mean, it's absurd that we are going through that trial. Dan Barr joins us on KTER. He represents Chris Mays in the Hamaday lawsuit and uh, Governor-elect Katie Hobbs in the Kerry Lake lawsuit. So the outcome of the Hamaday lawsuit was uh, was very quick. Uh, the judge ruled from the bench right after the hearing, which is unusual, uh, and and found for the uh, defendants. Uh, has, is there any indication that Hamaday is going to appeal that decision? Uh, I understand that they said that they're not going to appeal, but you know, who knows? <laughs> okay. And then in that case, uh, no no quick deadline, but is the intention of the defendants to file a motion for sanctions? Yeah, we're going to file a motion for sanctions both against uh, the lawyers for Hamaday and Hamaday himself, who is, in fact, a lawyer. Right. And he they filed a verified complaint. So Abe Hamaday signed a verification stating under oath that he believed these facts to be true. Um, and other than knowing the correct spelling of his name, I doubt he knew that any of the facts right. were true in that complaint. And, and that's an important point, that this was a verified complaint. The, the, the plaintiff, Hamaday, signed it himself. He is an attorney. Um, and they never produced any facts to support the claims in their case, correct? Nor, nor did they try to. Yeah. So it was just kind of a show. It was a show complaint and a show trial. Right. I mean, and, and this is where, you know, the, the courts are different from Twitter feeds or Fox News, where people make all sorts of wild allegations and uh, conspiracy theories. And in the court of law, you have to step forward with facts, which is the who, what, where, when of things. And you have to have witnesses with first and last names who will testify to things. And they didn't have anything close to that. Dan Barr is joining us, attorney for uh, Katie Hobbs and Chris Mays in these election lawsuits. Let's turn our attention to the uh, to the Kerry Lake lawsuit for a second, Dan. Uh, that one sure. ended after after a two day trial, uh, a completely different lawsuit. Uh, I've described it as Kerry Lake basically throwing everything at the wall to see if anything could stick. Uh, the judge dismissed eight of the ten counts uh, following motions to dismiss, but then took two to trial. Um, talk to us a little bit about what evidence was presented by Kerry Lake in that trial. Well, again, it was all sort of conspiracy yeah. stuff and people testifying without firsthand knowledge of things. I mean, you know, but to have admissible evidence, you have to have someone who actually witnessed something um, and, or, and can testify with firsthand information. These people didn't have firsthand information about anything. Um, or if they saw something, uh, you know, it was unclear what they saw and what the relevance was that in the first place. I mean, but what Carrie Lake 
had to do at trial when the judge specifically instructed her lawyers that to succeed, they had to show that Maricopa County intentionally created this situation on Election Day, um, you know, to alter the election. And they came nowhere close to providing evidence of that. Yeah, there was really, uh, really no evidence to support these claims uh, either. Uh, I was initially a little bit surprised that the judge was letting some of these witnesses testify, kind of as you said, it was hearsay, uh, no direct knowledge. But uh, in hindsight, I think it was a smart move. It let Carrie Lake get her evidence in uh, so there would be no claim later that she was denied the opportunity to present her evidence. So I'm putting my little quote fingers up around evidence. Right. What, (laughs) What some judges do a lot of times is provide enough runway for the claimants to, uh, you know, have a chance to provide their evidence. And when they don't provide their evidence, not, um, you know, not only rule against them, but that makes it very difficult for for uh, the plaintiffs to appeal in this case, because Carrie Lake can't say I was denied the opportunity to provide evidence. She she was given that opportunity and she failed to do so. Yeah, I mean, she couldn't prove even or support even one element of, of the remaining claims. Uh, so, Dan, let me ask you, uh, the, the judge in that case, Judge Thompson, for some reason required the defendants to file motions for sanctions by 8 a.m. on Monday yesterday, uh, which required attorneys to work basically on not basically they had to work on Christmas Day uh, to make that happen. Um, talk, yeah, that wasn't fun. No. <laughs> <laughs> any idea why the judge put, put that early deadline on it? I don't. My, my my guess is that he wants to wrap things up and have a full order uh, by the end of week. But that's just my guess. Okay, so we'll we'll see what we uh, is the expectation that we're going to hear we're going to hear from the judge today with an order on the sanctions, or, or do you think that might? Take oh, more time? I know. I I don't know, but I mean that's just my guess about why he was asking okay. for it so quickly. Uh, and then in uh, those sanctioned motions, which we just saw yesterday, uh, and there were several defendants. There's the Maricopa County defendants. Uh, there's uh, uh, Katie Hobbs uh, in her position as Secretary of State, and then Katie Hobbs in her position as Governor-elect. Um, and the the request for sanctions uh, total almost seven hundred thousand dollars. It's a it's a large amount. Uh, most of most of the parties, uh, the amount was between twenty five thousand and eighty five thousand dollars, right, for each party. Uh, yes. Well, depending what what each party was doing, but yes. Why uh, Why do the parties in a case like this where we're asking for sanctions, why do they only ask for their attorney's fees as, as opposed to additional amounts for, for punishment of a party that brings a frivolous lawsuit? Well, you know, we had to act pretty quickly on p- pulling stuff together here. And if the judge allows us to uh, file further information, we will do so. But the judge ruled on Saturday saying that he needed an attorney's fees applications and sanctions motions by uh, uh, first thing Monday morning, the day after Christmas. So uh, right. By necessity, we had to get in something and, and do it in a hurry. Now, I, I know your fee application and motion for sanctions is based specifically on the the time and, and the, the fee, the attorney's fees that were expended uh, in defending this case. Uh, the the, uh, the $550,000 sanction request is coming from the Elias uh, law firm. Uh, the, the, what was their relation to the case itself? Well, the Elias law firm uh, was uh, representing uh, uh, Secretary Hobbs. Uh, along with us. And, uh, you know, we were uh, had been hired by her in her personal capacity and actually the campaign's capacity and stuff. And the Elias firm uh, was hired and I think they're being uh, uh, paid elsewhere and stuff. But okay. 
that's, oh. that's the arrangement. All right. Dan Barr, uh, attorney at Perkins Coie and uh, representing the defendants in a couple of these election lawsuits. Thanks for taking a few minutes for us today on KTAR. Sure. Sure. All right, there you have it, everybody. We'll have more of this uh, on the other side. When we get back, CNN, uh, you know, they have their famous New Year's Eve show uh, with Anderson Cooper and, and uh, Andy Cohen. Uh, a little different plan this year. We're going to tell you what they're changing, uh, what we've come to expect and what they're changing. That's next. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. All right, welcome back, everybody. Barry Markson in for Broomhead. My goodness. So much going on today. Uh, coming up, we're going to talk uh, right after the news. Uh, we're going to talk about holiday spending. Uh, you're going to be surprised. Uh, we talked about uh, you know the economy uh, for so long. Well, holiday spending was up. We'll have that for you uh, coming up right after the news at 9:30. And then uh, right now, you know the CNN. I know you know some folks like and don't like CNN, but I always think their New Year's Eve show is interesting. Um, you know, we generally have a New Year's Eve party, so it's not like we're watching television. But there's always antics uh, going on on the CNN show because they drink on air. Uh, that's the part that's always made it so interesting. Right, that Anderson Cooper uh, and uh, and Andy Cohen, uh, they do they do that show, and they and then they have other people in other cities around the country. They do a whole big thing, and they that would always <laughs> what always separated them in my mind was they drink because you just don't see that very often, right? I mean, it isn't like they let me come in here on KTAR and start having some cocktails. Uh, you know, I mean, I'd sit here and have a little Bloody Mary right now if they let me, but uh, it isn't going to happen, and it, it's. Uh, the New Year's Eve thing is always interesting to see people just drinking and, and get a little get tipsy and frankly oftentimes get get, get drunk. Last year, uh, you remember Andy Cohn uh, during that, uh, and I didn't see this until the next day, but he started. Um, he went on a whole big rant about uh, New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio. It was his, he was leaving office. That was the end of his term. And uh, most folks didn't like de Blasio. And apparently neither did Andy because he went off on him. And I thought that was really interesting and kind of funny. So uh, the reason I'm bringing this up is uh, CNN under new ownership, under new management uh, this year. And uh, the, the guy who runs everything now has kind of come out and said, yeah, I don't really like having this uh, alcohol, people drinking alcohol on the air. Uh, we don't like it. I don't think I want to do it. And uh, I'm curious to see what's going ha- what's going on. Andy Cohen's already come out after that and said, well, I'm going to be drinking anyway. So we'll, we'll see what they do. Uh, but Andy Cohen doesn't actually work for CNN. I mean, I'm sure he gets paid to do that show, but he doesn't he doesn't he's not on CNN. Otherwise, uh, everybody else is. I mean, these folks work there. So I don't know that they're going to defy the boss by having cocktails on air like they normally do. Uh, but it might be a little bit of a different CNN New Year's Eve show today. So we'll keep an eye on that for you as well. On the other side, going to get into the holiday spending thing a little bit and also, uh, I don't know if you saw this, but the drone we've been hearing about drones delivering packages to us, right? Well, guess what? In Arizona right now, uh, you, people are getting deliveries, uh, I think it's happening right now, with Amazon and with Walmart, uh, with drones. Uh, that's amazing to me. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. And also, uh, what did we do over the holidays? Did spending go up? Did it go down? How did the inflation affect our spending uh, for holiday gifts? We'll talk about that as well. I'm Barry Marks, and stay with us. It's KTAR. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. All right, welcome back, everybody. Barry Markson in for Broomhead. Thanks for joining us here on KTAR. Hope you had a great Christmas and a wonderful holiday season as we head toward New Year's Eve. Oh, my goodness. Uh, it, 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 New Year's Eve, it doesn't get any better than this. It's on a Saturday night. It's a Saturday night. 
So hopefully you've got, uh, obviously, Sunday off after that, and then maybe even Monday off. You get two days to recover uh, from New Year's Eve. You know, I always say the same thing for New Year's, is uh, no matter what, if, you don't, if you're not somebody who wants to go out and party, you want to get like a nice, quiet New Year's Eve, that's fine. But uh, number one, be careful out there. There's a lot of folks out drinking and, and not used to it and driving around. That's never a good idea. Uh, but but take a, take a moment on New Year's Eve, whether you drink or not. If you do, go go buy an inexpensive bottle of sparkling wine. Open it up, uh, some champagne, and, and just just you know think of, you know think about some good things. Think about your family, your friends. Something good of, of where you are. Um, we all have good things in our lives, even if things aren't going perfectly. Uh, to give uh, to to be thankful for, and I, I always like to do that on New Year's Eve. Um, I do want to. This is incredible. Let me just first mention that the, uh, the <laughs> I've been saying this all along, so I'm going to take a little bit of a, a pat on the back. But everybody keeps saying how bad the economy is, and I know I know inflation is bad, and I, I get that. It, it's been it's definitely things are definitely more. Um, more costly than they used to be. There's no question about that. Uh, although I do have to point out gas prices down again, down 15 cents a gallon in Phoenix, uh, 15 cents a gallon uh, in Phoenix in just over the last week. Um, they're sinking. I, and I filled up my tank yesterday and it's it's still, I mean, it's still in the in the low threes, but um, it was it was cheap. <laughs> I mean, it was used to be five dollars a gallon. It was like a little over three. I was like, "This is fantastic." So I was actually pretty happy with that. But uh, but inflation is starting to hopefully come down a little bit. Uh, but another indication, um, and this is what I've been saying all along, is that you know when everyone says, "Are we going into a recession?" Remember, we were talking about that uh, several months ago. And the the answer is, I don't know. I mean, there's some some of the statistics have indicated we may have been kind of tipping into a little bit of a recession. But one of the big things we look at as to whether or not we're in a recession is employment. And our unemployment rate is incredibly low. It's just been absolutely incredibly low. And that's what I've been saying is that when everybody who wants a job has a job, and we're definitely there right now. I mean, if you if you want to work, there are jobs to be had. There's no question about that. So when everybody is working, everybody has an income, even though it, it stinks that stuff's a little bit more expensive – if you're working, you're doing okay. And I think that played out a little bit here uh, this year because holiday spending uh, was up. It was up over 7% overall from last year. That's a huge increase. I mean, I have to tell you, when you're talking about that kind of an increase for holiday spending, um, that's a big number. And and then it was up over 10% for online spending. So what you're seeing is what you're seeing is even though things are more expensive, we're out there spending money. We're spending more than we have in the past. Maybe we're getting a little less for it. That could be. Uh, that absolutely could be. Um, but for the most part, people are out there. They're feeling okay about things. And this is where the holiday spending, I think, always comes in. It's not necessarily how great are we doing. It's how do we feel about the future, right? I mean, that's what holiday spending is. If you feel like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm working, my job's secure, I'm going to get a raise, I'm feeling okay about where I am financially, you go out, you spend more money on, on presents and things for your family and for others. Um, maybe you take a trip. I mean, there's a little more going on here. So, uh, you know, I've said, this, I've said this all the time over the last many, many months when people were worrying about the economy. Um, when you go out to a restaurant and it's just packed, I, I mean, I go to restaurants and they're full on during the week at lunch and at dinner. Uh, you go into stores, people are there spending money. There is money to be had out there. And and I think part of it is we're still coming off of people had savings after COVID. Uh, a lot of folks, I mean, look, 90 plus percent of people kept their jobs during COVID. 
and then received bonus checks in essence from the government. Right, we were getting those those COVID uh, stimulus checks, um, and that was a lot of people were able to save that money and put it in the bank. And I and on top of that, home prices went up if you owned a home. So look, there's difficulty out there. I'm I'm not saying there isn't. Certainly, if you're renting and rent has gone up, the cost of buying a car has gone up. Gas prices were really high. There was plenty of stuff that was costing more, and still is. There's no question about that. But I think this is yet another indication uh, that. With holiday spending being up so much, uh, it's another indication that the economy is is not that bad. Uh, that people are not only doing okay but feeling okay about it. They're they're out there spending a little bit of money, maybe more. And may, I mean, when you're just talking about seven over seven and a half to ten and a half percent more than last year. That's a lot. I mean, I have to tell you, that is a major increase in spending. And last year was good too. So, um, very very interesting. Um, even digital spending between Thanksgiving and Cyber Monday was up 19%. I mean, everything has just been up. So uh, I'm I'm it's, I'm cautiously optimistic. It makes me feel, again, a, a pretty good about where things are, uh, but it's, it's definitely interesting. And then I saw this other story, and this we've been talking about this kind of for a year or two, it seems like. Uh, but when you we're starting to see it now in Arizona, and that's drone delivery. Um, if you know, I don't know if it, if our house is like your house, but it, it feels like we have somebody from Amazon or somebody delivering stuff to our home. Um, I don't know a lot. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's just incredible. Well, and it's it's oftentimes it's just little things, right? Because if you need something right now, I mean, I did it the other day for something. You know, we've got Amazon Prime, and so you get free delivery. And I needed some. I needed like this is silly, like new tongs for my barbecue. Like just a little. You know, it was like eight dollars. It was nothing, uh, but boom, there they are. They show up in a day and a half. It's just really kind of amazing. So, but what's going on right now is uh, Amazon is is uh, testing. They're they're doing their their drone deliveries. We're starting to see that here in Arizona and Walmart is doing it too. And and here's how it works. It's actually it's actually pretty fascinating, I think. Um, it's got to be packages I think they have to weigh under 5 pounds. It'd be like exactly what I just said, the little tongs that I that I ordered. And they deliver it uh, to your address, uh, you know, and, and you know Walmart by the way, uh, 90% 90% of the population in the United States lives within 10 miles of a Walmart. Isn't that incredible? Ninety percent of the population. So, Walmart can can get things over to you. They try to keep it in a smaller radius around the store, uh, but Amazon is doing it as well. And what they do is they drop it in your backyard. That's that's what I was trying to figure out. How do they get it to your front door, right? I mean, for a drone to get to my front door, it would require some actual maneuvering. I mean, you'd have to get in under the little cover and thing, you know. But to drop it in my backyard, it's like okay, well, that's interesting. So you come home and there's a package waiting for you in your backyard on the grass or on the rocks. It's a, it's pretty interesting. I'm still not sure how I feel about this. If there's going to be a ton of these things out there. Um, I mean, I don't want them crashing into each other and landing on our heads. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but at the same time, I, I know they've been struggling. Uh, Amazon uh, delivery drivers are are working overtime, and, and it's difficult for them out there. You also don't want this necessarily taking jobs away. People make money doing these deliveries. Um, but I will say uh, there's so much of this right now. Uh, if Amazon and Walmart and other places are able to make deliveries by a drone and drop it in your backyard, uh, where they just lower into the backyard and drop it in there, uh, I think that's pretty interesting. Now, I think there's
there's some privacy things to worry about here because there have to be cameras on these drones, right? They have to have cameras on them and things to see where they're going and stuff. And certainly you don't want somebody dropping into your backyard and looking at you naked inside your house and the windows and things. But my guess is they're trying to address that. They don't want to do that any more than, than we want it. Uh, but this is amazing. We're getting to this point now. We're, uh, we're going to start having stuff delivered by drone. Uh, you know, start getting your pizza or your – I mean, this isn't going to just be these little packages. You talk about all these food delivery services, right, Uber Eats and all these other ones, uh, DoorDash. I mean, they don't, they're not going to need drivers if they can somehow figure out a way to get to the restaurant, pick up your food, and then drop your bag uh, in your backyard. That's going to be a whole new thing uh, of, to get your food delivered. So all that coming up, and it's happening here in Arizona, right here in Phoenix. So very, very interesting. Coming up at 945, I'm going to get into this. I saw this article. It's interesting. It's, it's the start of the new year coming up, and we all think we all say to each other at least, oh, I'm going to be healthier. I'm going to be healthier in the new year. All right, well, I'm not going to tell you you need to start working out or all the dieting, but what I will tell you is I read this. I thought it was great. Five tips for a healthier new year. I'm going to tell you what those tips are. Uh, I thought they were interesting, at least. Certain, certainly things uh, we can do uh, that make all of us a little bit healthier and, and, uh, and not be that difficult. And you can still have some pizza, so it works out. I'm Barry Marks, and in for Broomhead, it's KTAR. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. All right, welcome back, everybody. Barry Markson uh, with you, in for Broomhead. And by the way, I'm in uh, this afternoon for Gatos and Chad, so it's a lot of me. It's kind of like a, uh, a uh, what do they call that, uh, like a marathon. It's like a marathon. It's a talking marathon. I can do that. Running marathon, not so much. But the talking thing, I, I seem to be able to pull that off. I'll be in with uh, Susan Monday this afternoon uh, for Gatos and Chad. You know, I, I did see this. Uh, it, you know, we all try to get a little healthier, right, after the new year. Do we At least we think about it. I, I'm not a big um, I'm not a big New Year's uh, resolution guy. Uh, I, I don't, uh, you know, if I want to do something, I do it. I, I don't need a resolution, uh, you know, and I probably I don't want to disappoint myself by, by saying I'm, I'm going to do something and then not doing it. I don't know. Uh, but it's, uh, but I'm, and I'm not somebody who generally uh, who generally comes in and says, you know, yeah, this is uh, this is, you know, I'm, I'm going to lose 10 pounds or something. You know, I, I just don't do that. Uh, not that I don't need to lose 10 pounds, but it's not it's not how I go about it. And um, I will tell you uh, that I did see this article and it was it was talking about just some things you could do uh, to make your you know, to make yourself a little healthier uh, for uh, for the new year. And. It's interesting because it wasn't things that are all that difficult to do, uh, and it was. I, I thought, um, you know, I thought I thought it was okay. So one of the things that they talk about uh, is uh, is to eat a variety of different foods, and and this was interesting to me because you know a lot of us we get on uh, the reason they're saying to do this. By the way, it's not just the vitamins and the nutrition you get from it, uh, but they're saying it's for your your gut biome. Have you heard about this? Uh, I don't want to get too deep into it. It's not something I even knew about until a few years ago. Uh, but each of us in our stomach, we have we have stuff. You've heard about the yogurts and things that you have to help help your digestion and to help how things are broken down. And um, a lot of about a lot of our gut biome determines if we're overweight weight or not. It determines a lot about our health, how, how foods, how we deal with it. And 
There are some who will tell you, you know, if you eat this or you take that, it helps you with make your 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 gut better, your, and it makes your everything better. It get the the nutrients out of the food. Um, but basically, what, the simplest thing is just to say, if you eat a variety of food, if you eat uh, vegetables and fruit and rice and you know things that are, uh, you know, you can have meats and stuff too. But I mean, just everything. Uh, that generally speaking, that's going to be better for that gut biome. It's going to make you a healthier person overall. So it's not a it, it's not a don't eat this, don't eat that, or anything like that. It's just eat different things. Um, I think a lot of us, uh, especially folks who are unhealthy, um, you know, look, we all have a tendency to we're rushing around, we're busy, we have we're working, we have kids, we have all sorts of stuff going on. Um, we things that are fast, right? We go out and whether you do it, you know, with McDonald's or you go to Chipotle or whatever we, we try to do, we often end up eating a lot of the same type of thing all the time. And I think what they're saying is try to vary, uh, not, not varying fast food necessarily, but, uh, you know, have, have a salad once in a while, have some fruit once in a while, um, have grains, rice, you know, just eat different things to shake it up. And so that your gut, uh, has different things introduced, which helps, uh, with helps that a lot. The other thing it talks about is to, uh, is to try to cut back on the amount of salt you use a little bit. And uh, that's a big thing for heart disease and stroke. We all know that. But what we don't realize is that we, um, we eat so much sodium a day, mostly in the, going to those types of restaurants that I said earlier, almost any restaurant, frankly. Uh, salt makes stuff taste better. So in order to get you to keep coming back and you like the food, they give you more salt. I mean, that's how it works. And uh, so some ways you can reduce that salt, uh, your salt intake a little bit. Uh, when cooking and, and making your own food, use salt a little bit less. Use it if you need it. Uh, and, and be careful just because if you're, you don't even realize it oftentimes, but there's salt in everything that we use. So if you're using anything processed, any sauce, anything like that, most of the time there's already salt in it. So keep that in mind before you add more. Um, and then it just says, you know, avoid snacks that are high in salt or don't eat as many of them. Um, when you're when you're dealing with food that's come from a restaurant or fast food, you know, there's a lot of sodium in that. So maybe do something that's a little more natural afterwards that doesn't have any salt added. Um, and other ones they talk about is to reduce the amount of certain fats and oils that you're eating. Um, fats are okay, uh, but there's, there's some fats that are better than others. Um, you know, there's butter is, is healthy in some ways, but you want to be careful how you do that, what kind of oil you use. Uh, there are better oils uh, that are better oils, such as soybean oil, canola, um, safflower. Uh, some of those can be healthier. So check out that. Just type in which, uh, you know, Google it out, which oils are better, and you can find some of there that are good. If you're going to, you know, eat meat, I eat meat, you eat meat, you know, poultry and fish are generally going to be better than red meat. Uh, but again, uh, I'm a big believer in moderation. You have a little bit of everything, uh, you're going to be okay. Uh, if you're going to go out and eat a steak every day, you're going to have burgers every day, probably not the greatest thing for you. Maybe it's okay for you. Uh, everybody's different, uh, but it's okay. Also, you can steam, you can you can boil. Uh, frying food is is, uh, is great, tastes good, but don't eat that kind of all the time. And then the big one is sugar. Um, you know, we don't, again, something else we don't realize, how much sugar is in everything that we eat. Uh, we don't know that. And that's a that's a little bit of a different story for us. Um, it's you again. If even if you go to fast food, even if you go to restaurants, there's oftentimes sugar in things that you don't think there's sugar in. Um, and again, that's their salt and sugar uh, make it very very difficult uh, for us. So that's something uh, to consider as you're as you're when you're out eating. I mean, where where should you go? Uh, and just it's just you know I, I do this all the time. Like I I you know I like sweets. I, I eat everything. I like eating. And but the the, the thing is when I eat uh, and go out a lot, you end up with a lot more salt, a lot more sugar, a lot more fat than you than you do if you cook. 
cook at home and more than you think about, really. And that's just something to think about. But the biggest thing for me was uh, eat a more uh, variety of food. Uh, just go different places, try different foods, get different herbs and things, because you get more stuff in your gut. It's supposedly healthier for you, and it's going to make you healthier all throughout the year. All right, coming up, uh, we're going to get a news update. Uh, Patricia Valencia is here in the KTR News Center, and she'll bring you an update on what's happening around Arizona and the country. And then on the other side, Chris Mays is going to join me. Uh, Chris is the uh, incoming attorney general here in Arizona. She's the attorney general-elect. There was a lawsuit pending by Abe Hamaday. I mean, this was a close race. Uh, Chris Mays won by 511 votes. Uh, Hamaday's lawsuit is now over. He lost uh, on Friday. He lost big. I mean, it was, was, frankly, as an attorney watching it, I watched it. It was embarrassing. It was was just difficult for me to watch. Uh, And the reason was because they didn't have any evidence. And that makes it... uh, it, it, well, it's impossible, obviously, uh, but as an attorney, it's, you, that's just never a position you want to be in. Uh, you're not supposed to be there. And we had we had Dan Barr, one of Chris Mays' attorneys, on just a, a little bit ago. And what he said is when they figured out after doing the inspection uh, of ballots the day before that there wasn't anything there, when they figured that out, um, you know what they should have done, right? They should have called everybody and said, hey, you know what? We don't have the evidence. It's not here. Uh, let's go ahead and let's go ahead and cancel tomorrow. That's what they should have done. Um, that happens all the time. So it, that's what should have happened. It didn't happen. Uh, but more importantly, we're going to talk to Chris Mays about what comes next. She's the incoming attorney general. What are the issues that she's going to focus on in her early days in office? And what can we what we can expect uh, from a new attorney general in Arizona? We'll have that next. I'm Barry Markson. Uh, in for Broomhead, it's KTAR.